this is Tony Lloyd. Being a broadcaster for many years, I've witnessed some great stories in the music industry. And now I want to bring as many music stories to you as I can in this series of podcasts. My goal is that they will inspire others making their way in the music world. Music Stories with Tony Lloyd. Ziggy Alberts, welcome to Music Stories. How are you? I'm better now. I'm here. Thank you very much, Tony, for having me. I hope you got clear signal. I'm just in a little Airbnb above the town centre here in a little uh, seaside village in Portugal. Fantastic. Well, it sounds fantastic. Um, hopefully you'll be on the beach then later on, perhaps. <laughs> I, so, I so much as I got up early for um, I got up early for the Portuguese and I got up at, you know, seven-ish and was in the water from eight till nine and came back the cafe to have a coffee when it opened at 10. Fantastic. So, you know, we're on a different time, different time scale here. Yeah, yeah. That's perfect. That's great. Okay. Um, you've um, recently released an album called Dancing in the Dark. We'll talk about that in a moment. And a single off it, I'm Sorry. Um, I'd quite like to play a little bit of that. Is that all right? Please. Okay, here we go. I love this track. Ziggy Alberts, everybody, on music stories from the album Dancing in the Dark. This is I'm Sorry. Remember the first time that I saw you Staying at a hostel, playing a contra show You almost nearly left for my brother Looking for Mary Jane, but we joked that it wasn't so Remember the first song that I sent to you the day after we met for Alan Fies and family I handbound that book that I showed you I'll send it if I find it, please don't send it back to me I'm sorry that I let you down I'm sorry that I couldn't hold it together I'm sorry that I let you I love that Ziggy, that's fantastic Really good, really good, cool track. Yeah, what are, what are you saying, and who are you saying sorry to in that in that song? So yeah, it's a, it's a funny, um, as in uh, quite serendipitous timing where I am. So uh, I wrote that song. I wrote that song in twenty twenty one, the very beginning of twenty twenty one, which is. Could it have been? No, no, no. Sorry, it must have been the start of 2022. And I I guess that one I just wrote about the um, the story of how I met my ex, um, who's Portuguese, and we met, actually just met um, in the town that I'm in um, right now. And that kind of the opening, it's a very much like it's a, it's quite word for word, just um, story of how we met. Um, the verse is just the story of how we met in quite a peculiar way. And the first song that I sent to her, which is a Dermot Kennedy song called For Island Fires and Family, um, which is why that reference is there. And, uh, yeah, it's just, I guess, about when you feel like you were, you you really, despite your best efforts, you feel like you didn't you didn't do as much as you'd like to 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 or for the relationship that you were in. You know, mm-hmm. and um, it's, I mean, so many songs are, so many songs are, you did something wrong or like the writer gets to tell, the winner gets to tell the story. You know what I mean? The person with the pen gets to tell the history of how things are. And 
that's not often necessarily the truth. And so it was just a nice opportunity to say exa- exactly how I felt and take, I guess, ownership over where you felt you could have um, mm-hmm. done better I mean, instead of blaming somebody else, which is just too often the case in songs, I think. Uh, yeah. I find, yeah, I find that um, a lot of writers and singer-songwriters uh, write about their personal experiences and obviously something that's fairly traumatic as well and inspires people. Is that the case with you? Yeah, absolutely. I think this one in particular, I remember just being in um, – I was in exile essentially from my journal or from songs. Like I think sometimes there's some things that are sad that you – are happy to write about in some way you, you you are happy is not the right word but perhaps you like you feel an urge to write about whereas i felt like with this one for the first month or two i remember just being in exile because i just really um i felt like i i was it was so i was so sad that i refused to capitalize on it mm, you know say. yeah that's that's and so this one for me was like i guess that song there's probably there's things in that song as that song carries on there's things um that i found i couldn't say anywhere else there was no other there was nowhere else i had written or uttered it kind of thing except in that song so it was um you know a very important cathartic process in the whole wash up of it understand did you get any reaction from your ex after she heard the song yeah, I said we we're lucky to have such famous terms, and um, and I sent that to her because I think for being someone who's usually okay at communicating, I felt like that that was again the only way that I I was more. Than, I mean, I I said those two words. I was sorry to her quite a quite a few times, you know, um, more than enough. Uh, but I think those things in that song that kind of just said things better songs are a strange thing sometimes it's the things you can't say in general you can say in song Mm. they somehow are drawn out of you you know Mm. understand okay well uh your album dancing in the dark is fantastic it's 10 tracks in it i think um and it's your fifth studio album as well isn't it so you're, you're no stranger to recording yeah i've been a recording heavy kind of i think i was always inspired i was inspired early on by albums i guess um i was still at that turning point in 2014 2013 i guess um despite there being a push towards singles at the time uh and shorter listening i guess i was still inspired by you know one of my biggest inspirations was the uk's very own ben howard so like that was him having his album every kingdom which was originally a nine or a 10 track, correct me if I'm wrong, but then the deluxe edition and extended edition were, you know, 13 and maybe 16 or something like that. And um, long story short, I was always inspired. I was inspired to have an album and it was also in some pragmatic way, a reflection of I wanted to, because I was busking at the time so much and I was playing on the street so often. I wanted to have the songs that I played, which was around, 10 to 14, I wanted to have those on one album, which is where I guess um, Land and Sea, my first full-length, you know, proper album was born out of, was that kind of desire and inspiration of people before me. Yeah, I understand. Now, uh, I understand that you uh, have your own record label. 
called Common Folk. Um, what's the advantage and disadvantages of uh, having your own label? So I'd say the the immediate advantage is uh, you. In my case, as like the as like still as the director of the label, despite it being like an eight or ten person team now and a publishing house, is that I have like complete control of my masters, mm. and there's no one else. Of course, I have healthy discussion around particular songs that do get released or don't get released, but there's no. There's no recording a whole album than someone above me saying that it, it can't be released, which is something that people listening may or may not know that it's called when your album gets shelved, at least in Australia, it's like, it's not a guarantee that you necessarily get to put out the album you've recorded, you know, um, depending who be at what power and how reasonable or unreasonable they are, you know? So there's, I guess a lot of, um, yeah, like there's a lot of freedom in that ability. Um, I think conversely, like all things freedom, there's a responsibility. Yeah. And so I'd say the the disadvantage is that like if you want to just be an artist and just record the songs and not be too intimately involved in your career, I wouldn't necessarily suggest being, you know, highly independent as I am because you are engrossed in such a way that's, um, you know, I'm not just making the songs and walking off. You know, like I'm heavily involved and we also, I guess, also self-funded from the beginning. And so where, you know, where you got the tour bus that you've got to fund or the visas to go tour in the US, that's all stuff that a major label in a very positive sense may help you fund, not for free. They may help you fund really? and you'll have a debt, you will have a debt to them. But um, I guess that's where I just managed to remain independent and I just paid, try to pay my own bills and keep out of trouble. Well, if you have a debt to the to the uh, the label, then you might as well have it, uh, a debt to yourself. Yeah, ab- absolutely. <laughs> and I think um, I think if you can somehow, some way, somehow, get across this threshold, where if you can just save up enough money as a musician or as a management team, you know, that will usually help form around you to reinvest it into your career. Then usually, what you find is if you can have enough hard work and luck to do that, you, if you can do that and succeed at it, then you get to start to build up a kitty, you know, and then you can pull from that kitty to do the tour, to do the album. And I've watched, I've watched a lot of artists over the years, like either you build up your kitty and you keep paying for things yourself, or understandably, circumstance has you that. You can't afford to do the full album, which isn't always um, cheap, and you can't afford to do the tour, which is often expensive. And so that is with no judgment. It's just to say that in a very positive sense, if you can manage to um, build a kitty up early in your career and be smart and don't waste it on stupid things, then you can hopefully, you know, keep funding yourself, which is, um, I mean, look, it's one way to do it. It's, 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 it's just one way to do it, and for me, has been my preferred option. Mm, understand. That sounds like good advice to somebody listening to this episode of Music Stories. Um, the these days, of course, it's more difficult to earn money as a musician through um, copyright and uh, because everything's downloaded, isn't it? Rather than on vinyl. I noticed that you release um, your songs on, on downloads, which everybody has to do, but also on on vinyl as well and CD. Is that right? Yes. 
And is that about, that's about a way of, of, of making a living, is it, from the actual physical um, produce? So, <clears throat> essentially, the thing that's amazing about the whole streaming world, I'd say, which is advantageous towards towards emerging artists, is you can just get randomly picked up, mm. right? You can get picked up, and your songs can do really well without too much um, too much gatekeeping. There has definitely been a dilution, you know, as there has there's so much music put out every day, and there's definitely. Um, a dilution of like what you said of you know of copyright earnings and perhaps of royalty earnings um it's hard for me to comment when i've grown up in in this era and have done well enough at it as far as like it's worked for me to date and so it's hard for me to comment otherwise i do think however um this is something I saw in music business worldwide a couple of years ago was I think that during the COVID period, vinyls outsold CDs for the first time since the 80s. Yeah. And so there's been a massive re, re-pickup of vinyls as a piece of artwork and because like everything when there is this huge, I guess, um, let's call it like consumable push of music online, there's always a demographic of people that naturally push back and go right like i want the real deal i want the vinyl and so yeah it's been a funny it's been a pretty crazy decade to see you know coming from busking on the street with cds which was fantastic man like that's how i got my start was cds were inexpensive to make they were cheap to be able to sell they were you know light and carryable for people and as a street musician that was how my music got across the world at first was that was selling thousands and thousands of cds across a year just street busking i mean some colleagues of mine and you're not going to believe this but some colleagues of mine um so much as in the peak of their busking one year sold a hundred thousand cds which is utterly insane wow yeah, and that's how they got, you know, that's how they got their big first push. Like, I mean, it, it, it was insane to those sort of numbers. I, uh, it's it's mind blowing even now. Um, and so CDs as a street busker, from my outside perspective now, as far as from where I emerged from, have definitely hugely slowed down as far as CD sales are absolutely as per that stat, you know. Mm. And now vinyls are outselling. You know, we order. It's in reverse. The vinyls we used to order versus CDs has now changed to, you know, we order five times more vinyls than we do CDs, perhaps more, you know. Um, and as I guess people are just wanting to have that very physical, very um, visceral item in their hands amongst the whole crazy noise of the online streaming space. Yeah, absolutely. And and there's a, a, a specific tone, isn't there, on coming out of vinyl as long as you haven't got fluff on your needle. <laughs> that's exactly yeah we've got to watch for fluff on the needle yeah i think there is there is just like um just like i love i love recording you know i always love recording in our chain of how we record in studio like there's always an old preamp in there and usually it's an old neumann because there is something about the um there's something about the you know i'm here for people who don't have the camera view you know i'm here there's something about the, the feeling there's just there's something you can hear. It's this intangible thing that everybody, when it's when it's not there, you don't know what's missing. But um, it's this it's this thing. It's the same as it's a cliche, but it's the same as film photos. It's the way that skin tone looks on film photos. You know, they just have something that's intangible but very important. And so um, 
that's I think that's probably a subconscious reason as to why people also end up enjoying listening. And it's intentional, right? Mm. People actually pull out their favorite album and they go put it on their yep. you know, on their vinyl table. And there's, so there's something about I think that is the um, that is I guess the the is it the antithesis kind of thing to to the you know the, the I don't know the, what the number is now thirty to sixty thousand songs a day that come out on Spotify. You know, mm. um, it's crazy. It's crazy, yeah, and it's, it, it get lost in in the noise, yeah, as you said earlier. Yeah, okay. Um, so you've got this amazing tour, on, um, which is uh, detailed on your website, which is ziggyalberts.com. Uh, you're all over uh, Europe, aren't you? And the UK and all over the place. I have to say UK is not in Europe anymore, but <laughs> it's, it's, the same, it's the same geographical area, but not the same uh, state as it were. Um, that's, hey, well, that sounds, at, least, at least you said that and not me. You know? Well, yeah, I know. I'll get complaints now. Well, that's okay. I live in France. So yeah, whatever. Good luck, guys. Um, <laughs> but there's a reason I live in France as well. Um, but um, I, I looked at the dates. Do you find uh, touring very uh, grueling? Is it hard? No, it must be hard work and very tiring. How do you keep going? So, yeah, touring's forever. Touring's forever the balance. Like it's quite ironic. I had the biggest period of like the, this last kind of two weeks. Like done all of three shows because I played in South Africa on the way over heading to Europe, and so. Long story short, you haven't played hadn't played that many shows, and I bloody got sick, and that's kind of sometimes the irony is you don't you don't I guess you can't afford to get sick when you're when you got back to back dates. You also probably don't get sick because you find your rhythm on things, you know. Mm. Um, but it is forever the balance. You just go. I think like just. I mean, I just try and like do a, a lot of yoga and meditation and try and be. Um, healthy as possible really particularly as a, a solo performer because i don't really have a band to lean on i don't i don't have a band at all to lean on and so that would be the advantage of having you know amongst disadvantages of having multiple players is that when you get sick it's not so blaringly obvious um, mm. where whereas it is for me um you know it feels like this is the time you know as far as there's definitely periods of your life where you the way it usually goes is this, when you're off tour, you can't wait to be on tour. And then when you get on tour, you'll be ready to be off tour and you just go through this pendulum swing. But the people, um, you know, particularly this run, as far as like, you know, this UK dates, which were the first, the UK, Irish and Scottish dates that we released first, um, because I think we hadn't finished booking Europe, so to speak, you know, like it's an immense run and I can't believe the sort of, rooms are playing like i'm just looking here like in manchester playing the academy and in london playing the apollo and just like some you know mega in in my terms mega venues you know where it's you know lots of 1500 to 2000 and then the apollo is 5000 people which would be the biggest overseas show that i've done so it's going to be a huge run and i'm really i'm really pleased to say that i think the tour is between the UK and the Europe dates, the tour is already 80% sold, which is insane. Incredible. That's um, really good. Yeah, it's like, it's, yeah, I can't, really can't ask for a better result because there's, you, you can't, yeah, particularly after the, I only toured here four years ago, as far as the last tour I was supposed to do, my, all the gear was on our pallet. 
within within you know 12 or 24 hours it was on the pallet ready to go to the uk in 2020 mm. um where everything shut down and so yeah to be able to come back and particularly on the uk side to come back and to be playing rooms almost twice the size um with lots of dates already sold out that's just you know like you can't ask for something better than that kind of thing no, that's awesome well, I wish you well on the tour, and uh, well, I hope you stay well as well on the tour, obviously, as you just explained. Um, and um, your album, Dancing in the Dark, is superb, and the track from it, which we played a bit of earlier, I'm Sorry, is, is wonderful as well. I uh, love your music, um, and thank you very much for talking to me on Music Stories. Thank you very much. Tony, thanks for having me, and thanks to everybody who's listening in. I hope some of the little bits and pieces are um, some insight, and I'm wishing everybody well on their music journey. Tony Lloyd, creating audio and film worldwide.